After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Mahalo, Evan. Today's guest is Duncan McNaughton, founding partner and chairman of the McNaughton Group. Duncan serves on the Board of Trustees of Hawaii Preparatory Academy, Punahou School, La Pietra School for Girls, and the Nature Conservancy of Hawaii. In 2002, the Hawaii chapter of the National Association of Industrial and Office Properties presented him with the Kukulu Hale Lifetime Achievement Award. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Duncan McNaughton. Welcome to our show, Duncan. Thank you very much. So can you tell us what is the McNaughton Group? McNaughton Group is basically a real estate company. Uh, specializes in uh, developments here in Hawaii. Uh, in addition, we've grown into the retail sector, uh, where we've established uh, three or four different retail brands, from Blockbuster to Starbucks to uh, P.F. Chang and also Jamba Juice. So McNaughton Group, I know that whenever people hear the name Duncan McNaughton, they, some people think Starbucks, some people think real estate. W- where are you spending most of your time? Uh, primarily in the real estate sector, we have a uh, retail group that uh, sort of runs uh, a little bit independent of us on the operations side. We provide them with the uh, idea of what we might want to get into and the real estate expertise to find locations for the operations. But really defer to my great team, which is housed down in the ward district, to actually do the operations. And so the day-to-day uh, business activities are focused down there, and I have sort of an overview that uh, gets spread on them about once a quarter or so. So what is your average day like? Long. (laughs) No, I think it's focused uh, primarily with my uh, real estate partners, uh, Jeff Arce and Eric Tima, uh, and the staff that helps us uh, find good opportunities and and build them. Uh, So I majored in uh, rocks and plants in college, and uh, uh, my kids always ask me, well, how'd you get from rocks and plants into real estate? And uh, I said, I'd like to build things with you know, with brick and mortar and actually go around and feel them after they're in place. So therefore, real estate was a fascination for me. What, um, I guess you could say franchise or what big project was the first one that you folks started working on that brought you brought from the mainland? Uh, actually, Costco uh, was the first big deal that we brought from the mainland. Uh, they had actually negotiated a lease with another developer and it went on hard times. And uh, it came to my attention that Costco was keenly interested in getting a foothold in Hawaii. And uh, so I uh, acquired the interest of the developer who was having trouble and established a bond with Costco and put together the deal with Salt Lake Shopping Center area. And that was the first Costco. It was their 11th Costco store in the world. So they were a very small company at the time, uh, had gone public, so they're on Wall Street, but they weren't making any money at that point because uh, they were putting everything back into new stores. And uh, the Hawaii store turned out to be their top performer in the world for the first, you know, three quarters of their existence. And uh, Wall Street recognized the potential of Costco primarily because of the success of the Hawaii store here. 
So when did you get started in this whole real estate um, development career? Did you start off in real estate or did you start off doing something else? Started, I graduated from uh, college in the mainland, came back to Hawaii and went to work to, at Dillingham Corporation as a trainee. And at the time, they would run you through the various divisions of Dillingham Corporation from you know construction to working in the IT department to marketing. And in fact, that's where I first worked with Walter Dodds. He was the second in command at, uh, at the public relations department at Dillingham Corporation. Decided that wasn't my forte and went into the... Uh, the property management group at Dillingham, and uh, and I, I never left. Stayed there about five years. Then uh, I was hired away by Mike McCormick, who was a realtor who had a small sort of startup development division, his real real estate company. How He's, old were you when you left? I would have been twenty-seven, mm-hmm. about approximately, and uh, worked with Mike about four or five years, and uh, actually. A good friend of mine came to work for me when I was at McCormick. His name was Dick Gushman. And uh, Dick, uh, after being there about a year, left and went and started doing some independent projects with some other investors. And I looked out the window one day and said, I think working as a for myself with someone like Dick will be a lot of fun. So I approached him and said, let's form a partnership. And so we put the Gushman-McNaughton partnership together and worked together for 10 good years. And how old were you guys when you started the partnership with uh, Mr. Gushman? About the mid-30s. Uh, we were, and um, so we worked uh, strong, uh, 10 strong years with that, and, and uh, we established a, a great working relationship, and, and after 10 years, he said, you know, let, let's open independent offices, and we can work as hard as, or as little as we want, uh, and uh, so we did that. We had done some deals together subsequent to that, so he's still a very good friend of mine. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com. If you're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Duncan McNaughton, founding partner and chairman of the McNaughton Group. So, Duncan, we're talking about you working with Dick Gushman. How was that working together at such a young age and, you know, fairly, fairly new in your careers? What was that experience like and what were some of the challenges that you folks went through? Actually, it was a really good partnership. Uh, we matched up our talents and rather than duplicating ourselves. He has very strong analytical skills, a very disciplined kind of guy. And I'm more of a market-driven, instinctive kind of guy uh, and sort of work with people and, and personalities to create opportunities. Uh, so I would typically generate an opportunity and I would hand it over to Dick to make sure that it was analyzed correctly and the risks really thoroughly understood. 
And so it was a really mutual relationship, and it worked out really well together. And did you folks always work well like this, or was it a matter of figuring it out in a couple of months that, you know, you would kind of come up with the project or the idea, and he would kind of follow through with it? Well, you know, he worked with me, uh, with McCormick, for a year, working for me. And, and so I, I got to understand what made Dick t- tick. And uh, so when he left on his own, I was able to, to recognize that uh, I would work well with him on an equal basis and on opportunities for ourselves rather than somebody else. So it, it, it always sort of worked really uh, symbiotically uh, together. And we just were our great friends anyway, so uh, no real difficulties along the way. So when you started in Dillingham Corporation, why did you get started with that company? What interested you about that when you came back from college? Well, they had just developed the Alamona Shopping Center, and, and uh, I really admired that, that retail center. And I said, there's a great company that's uh, done something pretty unique for Hawaii. Uh, and, and so I said, I just want to go to work for them. And, and my father was active in business at the time. And uh, he said, that's a, you're right, that's a great company. They have some – it's basically a construction company where they got into the development business to support the construction activities of the company. And uh, so that the, the development piece was actually a smaller piece of the company. So it had more of a growth potential than a lot of the other opportunities I could find around town. So I just became fascinated with that. So how did this Waikeli thing come about then, especially when out there was all agricultural lands? Uh, it came about because I uh, built the uh, Costco store, and uh, they came to me and said, we'd like to find another location in Hawaii to build a second store. And so uh, I actually I found them um, a second location, but it was not at Waikele. It was at the um, uh, where Sam's Warehouse is now in the Pearl City area. And I actually uh, contracted to buy the land there and took the opportunity to Costco, and they said, we like it, we'll, we'll build a store on this property. And uh, then the Bank of Hawaii introduced me to a financial partner who was a Japanese general, national group. And uh, they... Uh, like what I described so much, they came back to me and said, Mr. McNutt, we want to do this on our own. We would like to buy your interest out. And uh, I said, okay. <laughs> we made a deal. And uh, so Costco was to be their tenant, and they were going to build this project. And uh, it, it came to my attention uh, through some friends that um, Amfact, who owned the Waikeli land, was interested in selling it, uh, 62 acres. But it was uh, zoned for uh, office park, two three-story buildings. But I, I went by and looked at it, and it was, had all this freeway frontage. And it had a brand-new interchange that was to be built off of the, off the H1 freeway. And I said, that's a better retail location than what I just sold to my Japanese partner, where Costco was going to go. So I actually I called up Dick, and I said, Dick, let's, uh, let's take a look at this together. It's a big deal. And uh, he said, let's do it. And... Uh, I, he said, why do you think you want to do it? I said, well, I think it's uh, a, a great location for a, a second Costco. And I know that they're down the street, but they haven't developed that project yet. And uh, so he said, great idea. And uh, so we were able to work with the city and get the, the use change from just office to actually retail. And so I, then I flew to Seattle to talk to my friends at Costco. And uh, they said, uh, we like the new location better than what we have now, but we want the economics of the other site. And I said, this new site's much more expensive. You have to pay a little bit more. And they said, we won't do it. And uh, so there's another long story, but I was able then to secure the anchors who are there today, which was Eagle Hardware at the time, now Lowe's. Uh, Lowe's bought Eagle out. 
and Kmart came along, and we put the Kmart there. And then Kmart had um, two or three other divisions that they owned. One was Sports Authority, other was Borders Books and Music. And so that's why you see all those tenants right there. So we were able to put the uh, the tenants together that, that gave birth then to Y. Kelly. Long story, but uh, intriguing one. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. Welcome back. We're here today with Duncan McNaughton, founding partner and chairman of the McNaughton Group. So, Duncan, you know, you shared with us many of the stories through your progression in your career. Could you share with us a big tipping point of when you started seeing things rolling and really grasping the success? Ah, uh, let me think. Um, I, I think that when we began to, to do some residential real estate, Dick and I were, were just starting out, and, and we, we were able to purchase uh, four acres of property on the ocean at Diamond Head, and we built at least 11 lots. And it, it was through a relationship I had with a family uh, that owned the property for a long time. And they, they handed over the property for, for a fair price, uh, but they trusted us that we were going to do the right thing with their Ina. And... and uh, that gave me some real insight and the excitement and the enthusiasm of doing something really good with a, a, a special piece of property. And the, the buyers then came along and they, they loved what we had done. Uh, the city council gave us some permits that they had never given before because they trusted we were going to do it correctly. And so I was able to put together an old family with the city fathers saying, go forward with this kind of use and then build it. And we had buyers who ended up being friends of ours that really were excited about their new homes they were able to build there. So it was like putting a sort of a big puzzle together and having everybody recognize it as being something kind of special. That's when I really got turned on by real estate. So if, if you had to go back today, knowing what you know now, what advice could you give younger people like ourselves in becoming successful in a real estate development career? Well, I think that I touched on a number of ingredients there. One is find people you enjoy doing business with that you respect, right? And that would be Dick Gushman or the land owner that I approached and said, can I buy your property from you? And uh, there was a mutual respect there that they said, we're going to entrust you with this opportunity that we've had in our family for a long time. And then, uh, you know, do something that you're excited about that's make a difference in the community because people always gravitate to that. And so if you need to sell it in the, in the community and, and make a fair return at the end of the day, if it's perceived as, as a good value and an asset and a contribution to the community and the environment in which people live, I, I always try to have those ingredients in my deals. 
I think Costco can you can talk about Costco. It's the same thing. Uh, I, I remember a story. I was with the chairman of Costco uh, in a meeting, and I invited my banker from Bank of Hawaii to come along. And the chairman of Costco, a guy named Jeff Brotman, turned to my banker friend, who was Jack Suey, who at the time was uh, senior vice president at Bank of Hawaii. And Jeff told to Jack, he said, Jeff, or excuse me, Jack, I'm going to, Costco is going to reduce the cost of living in Hawaii. And that's one of the, the reasons we want to be here, because we can make a difference in Hawaii. Uh, and, and Jack always told me, after that, he never believed that statement until Costco opened their doors, and you actually saw that happen. Well, I then became associated and, and recognized that was a, a an operation, a retail operation, which was going to make a big difference in the cost of, of goods here in Hawaii. And it actually lowered the cost of goods of other stores who had to get more competitive to stay in business with Costco. So I guess one of those one ingredients make a difference in the community. And then when did you get started in nonprofit organizations and leadership in, in that area? Well, people approach you. <laughs> First one was the uh, the school I went to uh, in high school. It was Hawaii Preparatory Academy, and, and they were keenly interested in getting some alumni uh, on the board. And I was the first one they asked. And, and they, they said, would you consider doing this? And I've, I was a young guy, and my father was on the board, and, and all these people that I had respected for a long time on the board, so it was kind of prestigious to be asked, right? And so I was honored and got involved. And uh, over time, uh, it became very rewarding to actually return something to a school that had given a lot to me. I mean, I'd, it was a boarding school. I left Honolulu to go to the Big Island, you know, to Kamuela, which was a ranch town at the time. And uh, it, I went there for six years. I was, uh, you know, 11 years old when I got up there. And uh, my parents decided I needed that kind of structure, uh, a boarding school environment, six days a week and church five days a week and you know, all the stuff that comes with it. But that gave me a lot. Uh, it gave me a lot of structure in my life. And I uh, was able to go off to college and be independent and still not lose it, right, uh, because the structure was there. And so I wanted to return something to that school that gave me so much. And that's why I got on the board. Uh, and uh, actually, I'm still on that board. It's a long time ago. How old were you when you first got on that board? I would have been in my late 20s. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so it was, um, it, was a good, it was a good time. And, and actually, you'll see three of the charitable boards I'm on are, are educational institutions. So um, I, that's one of my passions, right, is to, to do, do something about education. In this case, they're all private schools. Uh, but that's easier to access in the public format, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Punahou, uh, you know, educated a couple of my boys. Uh, and again, I, because they'd done special things for actually my brothers and sisters, and as well as my, my sons, I, they asked me if I wouldn't come on and help them. Likewise, I said, I will, because I can return something to the school, which has done a lot for, for the McNaughton family. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com.
cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party, or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. How do you sell this company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. If you're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Duncan McNaughton, founding partner and chairman of the McNaughton Group. Duncan serves on several board of trustees and in 2002, the Hawaii chapter of the National Association of Industrial and Office Properties presented him with the Kukulu Hale Lifetime Achievement Award. So Duncan, are you able to share with us what your thought is on, I guess, giving back to the community? Because you said that it's really important. Do you think it's a responsibility of business owners to organize their business so that they're making an impact on the community? Or do you think it's better for people to make their own individual contributions to nonprofit organizations? You know, I'm going to tell you a little story about giving back to the community. I, there was a gentleman who was a very successful person in Hawaii named Herb Cornell. And and Herb was a family friend, and, and um, I was about, oh, maybe 40 years old or so. And um, he asked to go to lunch with me. I had had very little contact with Herb Cornell. He was president of Dillingham Corporation. I was there. He was, you know, kind of a godlike figure in my mind. And and um, so I was honored to, to to go to lunch with him. And and uh, he had a he had a message to me. And he said, Duncan, for some reason, your generation has not gotten involved in the community the way I think they should. Uh, and in fact, the the, the way that my generation, Herb Cornell generation, had gotten involved in the community. And I said, help me understand a little perspective on that. What, when did you get involved? And he said, well, you know, in the corporate structure, uh, the president of a big corporation would uh, almost demand that his junior executives would get out in the community and become actively involved in community organizations in various uh, ways. In fact, Herb mentioned to me, I think he was about 34 years old when he was the uh, chairman of the Board of Regents of the University of Hawaii. So, he, rightfully so, he pointed out to me at 34, he was had a major commitment to the community through the UH. And at 40, I had done nothing much more than be on the Hawaii Preparatory Academy Board, which was sort of a private institution. So he was, he was asking and, and sort of demanding that I should organize my age group to do more. Uh, and so there was a real message uh, I got from him. And, and uh, I mentioned the corporate uh, environment where, as opposed to the entrepreneurial environment, which I sort of think I was a part of, uh, they, they were much more structured at getting their people to go do what I just mentioned. And, and the entrepreneurs were working so hard that they didn't feel they had the time uh, or the resources to go throw at community activities, right? 
And it, you can get caught up in that and believe that. Uh, of course, you can always make time for anything you want to do. It's just a matter of priorities, right? Uh, but we were in a survival mode as <laughs> entrepreneurs, right? And so we were we were very conscious of doing things for ourselves. And uh, it didn't really dawn on me until Herb woke me up one day that I really needed to do more. And then how does that? How do you see that fitting into your life and your business? Because I noticed that the more things that we do for the community, business just does better for some reason. Not so much we do it because the business is going to get better, but it just does. You know, you meet great people when you do things uh, for other organizations, particularly charitable ones. And, and there, are, there are very successful people who are, are touching uh, charitable operations, whether they run them or whether they're on a board of advisors for them or whether they're just supporters, uh, either financially or they're at their time. And you, and you get to interact with all that, and not only just at board meetings, but more in the, uh, the activities of the organization where you actually get down and have a chance to talk casually to the people who are making a difference. And you bring that, those, that perspective back to your business, and you bring those contacts back to your business. I don't care whether you meet an attorney or a banker or a marketing guy, who all of a sudden was in the charitable organization that you didn't know before. And now you're able to tap that resource in your business. So I think that's very symbiotic. Uh, and, but primarily, it, it, it makes a difference in the community. It helps people's lives. And uh, that's, that's a really, I think, a strong motivator for us to have you know, good family values at home, right? And you can go home and talk about that with your wife and your kids and say, this is what I did today. I'm not just out making money. I'm actually trying to make a difference. And then what advice could you give for listeners out there or viewers out there on how they can make their difference, how they can make a, you know, an impact in their own community and their business? Make the time in their lives to, to, to do some things that are for somebody else, right? And we, we are busy, uh, so it's all a matter of priorities and, and making certain you wake up every morning and say, what is the priority today? Uh, what are my goals today? And make certain there's a contribution piece back to the community, which gives us so much. I mean, our businesses are not successful because we're geniuses. It's because the community's healthy. Uh, and to keep it healthy, people have to invest back in it. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.